Hello, I'm Gemma Frith and you're listening to Wolves Radio. As usual, joining me is Mikey Burrows. Mikey, how are you on this chilly morning? I'm very well, Gemma. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, it's been an interesting week for those of us who cover Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, a <laughs> lot's has. gone on. Uh, we will get to some of it in the next part of the show, but yeah, things are looking good. Yeah, it's been a it's been a busy week. We've had lots of games, lots of things happening at the club, and we signed a new player on Monday, Chiquinho, a winger. Um, I had the chance to speak to him on Monday, and he is really, really excited to be here. And it sounds like the fans are really excited to have him here as well. Um, he's 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 very young. He's 21 years old, um, and he's got plenty of competition in that position. But I think he's definitely one to to keep an eye on as he continues to develop now here with Wolves. Um, he knows a few players too in the squad. He played with Toti Gomez, um, who we now know and we'll talk about again later on <laughs> when we go come to speaking about Southampton. Um, but he played with him at his last club, Estoril. Um, and he also played with Fabio Silva in the Portugal under-21s. So he's familiar with a lot of people in the team and he's had the experience of playing against, he said, Pedro Neto and Trincao. So he knows what good players they are and how difficult they are to play against. So um, he knows lots of faces here already. He's going to get settled in perfectly fine. Um, and yeah, it's really exciting to have him here and um, back straight into training at Compton as well. It, it's one of those things, isn't it, where, you know, other fans will treat it as a bit of a joke. You know, the whole Porcherhampton kind of Wolverhampton <laughs> yeah. girl. Porcherhampton, I actually stuff. haven't heard Porcherhampton, I like that. But genuinely, <laughs> you know, there is not a better club to come to if you are a young Portuguese player. Mm-hmm. You know, for a start, there is João Moutinho, who is one of the greatest players in Portugal's yeah. history. That's not even us you know, going too overboard on that. You know, legitimately, he is. Mm. Ruben Neves is a, a genuine star. You've seen other young players like Diego Jota kind of come through Wolves and go on and win titles and all this kind of stuff and play in, you know, for Liverpool. So if you're a young Portuguese player, plus the coaching staff are Portuguese, you know, as we've seen from some of the videos that we put out recently, even people like Connor Cody can speak a little bit of Portuguese. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is genuinely <laughs> the best place to come as a home away from home. Yeah, it really is. And I think it really helps, particularly a young player like him and, and with, with Toti as well, to, to settle in really, really quickly um, because they just they know a lot of the faces here already, either from sort of like national youth setups or from other clubs in Portugal. So, yeah, it's really exciting. And we're really, really pleased to have Chiquinho here with us. What was he like, Jem? Because I'm always fascinated by this. Because obviously you get to do the role that I used to do a couple of years ago, which was that <laughs> that moment when they first walk in. Yeah. And I'm always fascinated to look at the player's face and kind of see, you know, that mix of nerves, excitement, and also kind of that trepidation of having to sit down and, and answer questions yeah. when you've just arrived at a new place, and especially in a new country with a, a language that's not your nat- natural one. It definitely. I mean, I think it was a lot of mixed emotions for him. I think he was he was quite shy. He wasn't very talkative. And so um, when he then sat down for the interview, I said to him, like, do you want to... Do you want to do it in Portuguese? Do you want to do it in English? And he was like, "We'll try English." And then he had loads to say, and he he spoke really, really well. And you know, I think he was I think he was really excited from some of his answers in the interview. I think he's he feels a bit of pressure. You know, he's he's a little bit nervous, and he he knows how how incredible it is to be playing for a, a club or at a club in the Premier League. So, um, but I think he's I think he's very excited. He's very excited to get started, and um, yeah, it's it's lovely to to have him uh, here with us because it is such a weird experience for them. I don't think people quite understand what it's like you know you can you imagine flying into a new country getting picked up at the airport <laughs> taken having new medical people that you've never met before yeah. in your life prod and poke you and go over your medical history and do all sorts of different tests 
you kind of get thrown some training kit to do a bit of that in and then you get handed <laughs> over to a bunch of media people who've yeah. got professional photographers there to take photos of you and asking you to do different poses that you would have never done before <laughs> yeah. in your life you know point to this and point over there and look over there and now turn towards the camera and, and you expected as a 21 year old to just know how to do all of this type of stuff and then to sit down and do an interview uh, you know on questions about what are you going to bring to the club what yeah. are you, you know, oh my goodness big questions yeah i mean it's I like remember, a job interview isn't it it feels yeah. like i'm interviewing for the, for the job it's crazy i remember yeah. ruben neves coming over and obviously there was a lot of excitement but it was also the day when carla kimi's leukemia was oh, confirmed okay oh, so no. ruben neves turns up to molyneux we were doing it at the time and he kind of walks in and obviously, you know, he's a big signing. It was a yeah. big, big deal for a championship team at the time. And yet the place is ridiculously subdued. Mm. And he was kind of also asked at the time to not only do the photos, but also model the new away kit. And in came some kids who were also modelling the new away kit to sit there with him. So you imagine, and Ruben didn't speak a huge amount of English at the time. Oh, no. So you imagine what that must have been like, where you're kind of thinking, nobody really seems that happy that I'm coming. And they're making oh, no. me, like model the new kit Poor with some Ruben. random children here <laughs> i didn't know that that must be such an overwhelming i mean it's an overwhelming day anyway but then yeah that's that must have been really tough but but yeah i mean chiquinho said after that interview that it was his first ever english interview so i mean i don't know if anyone listening wow. will have gone and watched it if you haven't go and watch it now on, on the wolves youtube but that's that's really impressive so um exciting times it's particularly exciting times because at the weekend we had another win, Mikey. <laughs> I'm really, really loving this. And I'm absolutely loving watching Wolves play at the moment as well. I mean, another three goals, an incredible game yet again. And three more goal scorers as well. I mean, Raul Jimenez, his fifth against Southampton, which is the most he's scored against any side. Um, joint most, actually, with Everton. Um, Connor Cody, his first at Molyneux in the Premier League. And Adama Traore, his first of the season. What an incredible performance. What did you make of it, Mikey? I, I thought they were good. I, I didn't think they were great. They they weren't quite up to the Manchester United standard that they set right at the start of the year. At the start of the calendar year. It sounds crazy mm. to say start of the year, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Midway through January. But they were they were you know, they were they were they survived a tricky spell early on. I think we have to give real credit to Southampton, who I thought were actually a very impressive unit, really well organised. They've clearly watched Wolves play and came with a game plan that was to press Wolves and stop the likes of Toti Gomez, who was in for Saiz in that role, and Max Kilman from being able to play and tried to shut down the routes out to the wide players. And for the first, what, 10, 15, 20 minutes, it was pretty effective. And Southampton looked a very good team. The longer it went on, Wolves got to grips with things, and then the class started to tell, and Wolves pressing started to tell um we got the penalty which was uh, a remarkable <laughs> passage of play really um i've never seen chris Awellamo and andy thompson angrier than they were for that three minutes as to why the penalty that wasn't awarded yeah. and then var hadn't given it earlier it took a long did. time that decision it, it did i think it's understandable that it did because there has to be a high bar to overturn a decision by the on-field referee. It's got to be clear and obvious after all. Mm. And when you watch those replays, it is not necessarily clear and obvious whether Bednarek touched the ball or not. I So I have no problem with eventually mm. the decision was made to have the referee go to the screen. I think the referee could have been sent to the screen earlier, mm. you know, after a minute rather than three. 
and then he would have made that decision and and then nobody would have had too many complaints about it obviously Southampton did but that's their prerogative but the way Wolves have had VAR this year we're entitled to have maybe one or two go for us definitely yes um, Toti then on his debut. I mean, what's an impression that he made? It's his, his first, first his debut for Wolves. Also, his first start in the Premier League, and um, I think he, I think he really won the fans over on on Saturday. I thought it was really impressive. I thought it was really impressive. Uh, there was a moment early on in the game. He'd had a couple of touches where he'd kind of tried to play balls forwards, and uh, I, I had a few messages with Leo Bonatini before the game. Um, who's obviously been on loan with him at Grasshoppers and is actually, mm. I think, a, quite a good friend of his. Apparently, they've been oh, watching nice. Wolves matches from afar. So, obviously, you know, for Leo, it's his, it's his former te- it's his current mm. teammates, realistically, and players that he actually knows. Whereas for Toti, he didn't really know anyone until he came over this month. But, you know, very much felt a part of the Wolves family and was watching. So, he'd had those couple of touches. And yet, there was a moment when he threw his body in to block a cross after about three minutes right in front of the South Bank. And the South Bank, as one, let out a roar. You know what it's like. And you could tell it was like, yeah, yeah, he's in. He's in. He's, he's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Absolutely great. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good from him. And I think also, um, I think that shows some of the younger players just what is what is possible. I mean, Toti, given his, his first start, he's only been training with the team since he was recalled in the first week of January. So Bruno's only been able to sort of see him for the first couple of weeks um, and then chuck straight into a Premier League game. You know, he clearly impressed that much in training that Bruno felt that he could fulfil that position with Romain Saïs um, unavailable. So I think perhaps for some of the younger players now and some of those other players that um, we've recalled from loan, I think does that show them now that, you know, if they work really hard and show Bruno just what they're capable of, they can have a, a be starting in the Premier League? Yeah, I think so. I th- I, you know, look, the, there has always been a passage through into the Wolves' first team. You know, there are, we've seen under-23 players make it. You know, Max Kilman is the, the biggest uh, example of that, of, you know, the fact that there can be a passage through. But yeah, you're right. It's also important for players like Toti Gomez, who have come in and had a different type of Wolves career, to know that there is still a chance for them, that they have not just been signed to go off somewhere else and potentially make the club money in the future, that they have something to offer here. And if you work hard enough and you apply yourself enough and you show progression enough, then you will get a chance. And that is part of the Wolves' way. And we're seeing it on a different scale with the likes of Bruno Jordao, who we might talk about in a minute, and Luke mm-hmm. Kundal, who's come through the under-23s. Dion Sanderson and Ryan Giles are now back. Now, they've not got minutes yet, but that's not to say they won't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows? They might go out on loan again this month and continue that journey because they might not quite be ready or they might not quite be needed at this stage. But absolute credit to Toti Gomez. You spoke to him afterwards. I imagine the smile on his face was incredible. Yeah, I mean, he was really happy, and you know, just seeing him back at the training ground as well um, this week, he's he's just he just he's really happy. I think I think um, he only found out that he was going to be starting uh, the day before the match last week, so um, he was very excited. But I think probably also <laughs> felt a lot of pressure to be like, oh my goodness, I'm starting in a day's time. Um, but but yeah, he he did absolutely fantastically. So it'd be good to see if we maybe see him again at the weekend, and we'll talk about Brentford um, shortly. But um, Unfortunately, not a clean sheet for us at the weekend. But I mean, I think we have to 
give credit where credit's due, and that was an absolutely incredible <laughs> James Ward-Prowse free kick. Um, and I, it, I'm not sure there was a huge amount that Jose Sarko had done in that situation. Um, but we've spoken a lot about how impre- we're still second best in the league for, with our defensive record, by the way, with only Manchester City ahead of us. Um, and we've spoken about how good we are defensively, but I think... In, in, in this match, in our FA Cup game, in the game against Man United, I think we're also starting to see how impressive we are in, in, the, in attack as well. I think that we're starting to see a change from the conversations we were having last year. And, you know, and we still have it a little bit now where there's chances and opportunities that um, that we don't take, uh, that we don't end up finishing. Um, but I, I think it feels like the goals could come from anyone at the moment. I mean, we've had six different goal scorers in our past three games. I mean, what do you think, Mikey? Yeah, I think uh, noticeably we are looking like a little bit more of a threat on set pieces. I know Tony Roberts, the goalkeeper coach, mm. works an awful lot. He does, on that. yeah. And you know the the Max Kilman opportunity that came back off the post and was finished off by Connor mm. Cody. There was the one just before it where Toti Gomez was just offside in laying it back to Cody, who put the ball in. So it was great for him to actually get that moment. I mean, it's not just his first league goal at Molyneux; it's his first home league goal in his career. You know, he's, he's nearing in on 400 career appearances for Wolves, Huddersfield, Sheffield United, yeah. and that one for Liverpool. Never scored a home league goal, <laughs> which, is, which has been absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And yet, you know, you have to go right back to that moment against Crawley in the League Cup all those years ago for the last time he scored at Molyneux, which, again, is absolutely bizarre. Mm. You know, he's closing in on 300 appearances. Wonderful moment for him. Really was wonderful moment. But yeah, you're right. I think the big one for me, actually, in a strange way, Jem, because Adama Traore getting a goal was great, and it showed what Traore can do late on in a game against a tired defence, which is mm. pushing for an equaliser. And it shows, actually, the importance of Wolves being in front and the way that they can then play. We've known that in the past couple of years. They're a different animal when they're protecting a lead. It was Raul Jimenez's goal because it'd been seven games without a goal for him. And that's quite a long time. Longest he's ever gone for Wolves is nine. So seven games without a goal and the performance that was suddenly kind of coming through from Fabio Silva last couple of matches and the cameos he's had, legitimately there were a few people who were kind of questioning, does Fabio start ahead of him at the minute? Mm. So for him to get that goal, albeit from the penalty spot, but the way he took that goal, where he took that penalty was full of confidence, that can do him the world of good. And we know that... He does tend to score in batches. When he gets going, he can have a little bit of a run. So fingers crossed, the Mexican sensation can get us flying again. Well, hopefully, maybe we'll see some more goals on Saturday when we are travelling to Brentford, Brentford Community Stadium, our first visit there um, at 3pm on Saturday. Now, they're a side that causes some problems earlier in the season. I don't think that's a match that we really want to revisit too much. Um, Do you think we're going to be better prepared this time around, Mikey? Yeah, it's always difficult when you come up against a newly promoted team that, you know, listen, there are you know incredible ana- analytical staff at the football club and every football club has them that goes through and watches as much as they can. But mm. there's, there's no substitute to actually playing against a team and seeing how it pans out. You know, we've been the beneficiary of that when we got promoted. You saw Leeds had a great year last year as kind of people struggled a little bit to kind of get to grips with them. Not us, by the way, mention our great <laughs> analyst team. Did a brilliant job against Leeds. But, and that's the thing, you know, you come up against a side who are full of confidence, as Brentford were at the time, riding that crest of a wave from promotion. They're obviously not quite in the same position right mm. now. Wolves are suddenly the team on a high. 
and we will go there full of confidence. I'm really looking forward to going and just enjoying a new stadium, which is yes. not something we yeah, always get I'm, to do. I'm, I'm really excited. I love the old Griffin Park. It was horrendous from a media point of view. Oh, Honest, <laughs> honestly, Gem, like like the, the seats in the old stand were so tight. I literally spent one game once sitting on the steps because oh I couldn't God. get my knees in. Um, and then we used to, last couple of times we went there, we went up on the gantry, which was on the opposite side where the uh, the dugouts were. And if you think, you know, we had a game where uh, we scored really late, Jen, mm. to turn it around. We were 1-0 down, we scored two late goals and won the game. Oh and God, we hadn't amazing. won for about six. And it was a big, big moment yeah. in a potential kind of relegation turner under Paul Lambert. And if you, and I remember me and Tomo going absolutely bonkers on that gantry. And you can imagine <laughs> the home fans weren't happy. Oh, no. So I I'm looking forward say- to going there. <laughs> when you said that you were you know, going crazy on that, that gantry, I'm thinking jumping up and down. I'm thinking that gantry is not going to be able to um, support a lot well, of one of our one of our analysis staff at the time who was next to us was kind of doing a Tamuri Ketsbaya and kicking the, well, the side of the gantry. <laughs> In celebration, such was how big that moment was. It was oh, a amazing. wonderful time. Seems like a lifetime ago. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to going to a new stadium. But as you said there, you know, Brentford are not quite in the same form they were at the beginning of the season. They've taken some heavy losses in their past few Premier League matches. They lost 3-0 to Liverpool, uh, 4-1 to Southampton, just before we faced Southampton. Um, and they've lost four of their fast, past five in the league now. Um, they've got Man United midweek, which I think will have happened by the lot of time people listen to this. Um, so it'll be a quick turnaround for them. But they will be coming into Saturday's game desperate for points back at home. Um, they have had a lot of away games recently and, and, and looking for a win. So I think it will be a really important match for us. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we will have a better result than we did last time we faced them. Well, elsewhere at Wolves, Wolves women are into the semi-finals of the Birmingham County Cup after a fantastic 4-0 win over Knoll on Sunday. Um, it was nil-nil at the break, so I think everyone was getting a little bit nervous at half-time. But then once Anna Price opened the scoring in the second half, the goals just didn't stop coming. Beth Merrick, Summer Holmes and Jade Cross all getting themselves on the score sheet. Um, it hasn't been announced yet when the semi-final will be taking place or who will be facing, but I think that draw is to come very soon. So keep an eye on the Wolves women at Twitter. Um, what we're almost excited about is this weekend's match in the league against Derby. It has been so long since we've been able to play a league game, as I've spoken about quite a lot on here. <laughs> um, we actually haven't played a match in the league since we drew with Burnley Women on the 24th of October. Mikey, October was our last league game. So absolutely incredible for us to be back. We're facing Derby, who are currently second in the table, and we've actually dropped down to fifth at the moment. But that's because we've got so many games in hand, so there's plenty of opportunity for us to make up some points. Um, It's been such a long time for fans and players to, to not be playing in the league, so it's just... So exciting to be back and we're playing at home. So anyone listening can be there to support them as well as they play a big rival in that title chase at the top of the league. Um, And you can support them at the CKW Stadium this weekend. The match kicks off at 2pm on Sunday. Wolves season ticket holders can get in for free or you can buy tickets on the gate. So get down there and show your support this Sunday. Mikey, how are the under-23s getting on? Uh, Well, um... (laughs) It, it was, quite frankly, uh, a, a bit of a farce towards the end of their game on Monday night. They had a draw with Burnley. The farce was not their performance, by the way. So <laughs> the, 
though they weren't great in the first half, actually. Um, it was the conditions. Uh, if yeah. anyone has seen the social what media. What happened? <laughs> well, uh, do, you, do you know what happened? Did <laughs> Mr. I mean, I, I'm not a meteorologist. Uh, I, did, I, didn't, I mean, I checked the forecast in terms of temperature, and that looked like it was going to be okay, and that's how I left it. Um, by, the start, by midway through the second half, uh, there was a lot of mist and fog, and it was mm. starting to think, well, you know, this is starting to look, if this gets any worse, then, then we might be in trouble here. And with 15 minutes to go, I thought, we are in trouble here. With 10 minutes to go, I thought, why are we even still playing? Because oh, it got to the point where, from the naked eye, you could not see to the far side of the field. So when when the play was down in front of us, it was fine. Oh you know, there was yeah. enough clear and there was enough light that you could see who it was. But almost as, by, the, by the last five minutes, Jem, if the ball was in the middle of the field, all it was was shadows and shapes. Oh, my goodness. You could not see. So there was a, there was a period towards the end where Wolves were pressing. They'd got themselves an equaliser. Bruno Jordal, who played really, really well, you know, he's come back from injury. He had a, pretty much a year out of the game. Mm. Um, he's building up his fitness in the 23s. He's been thoroughly professional in the way he's gone about it. And, you know, I think legitimately he could be a potential option for Bruno and the first team now. He's been okay. on the bench a couple of times. He had that little uh, cameo at the end of the FA Cup game. Mm -hmm. um, but he scored a great goal. He drives with the ball from midfield. But the, honestly, Jem... There was a moment in the last couple of minutes where the ball was in, we think it was in the Burnley penalty area, and it was kind of bobbling round, and I wouldn't have known had it gone in. And it, oh if, the play, if we'd have scored a goal and they'd run to the opposite <laughs> side, I definitely wouldn't have been able to tell you what had happened. And eventually, it got so bad with two minutes to go that the referee went to the two benches and said, the assistant referees can no longer tell offsides. Because they can't see across the pitch. What do you want to do? And the decision was made with two minutes to go, Burnley having travelled, a lot of games being called off recently. Don't want to really have that risk of having to play the game again, oh. having got to 88 minutes. So they played on and they got to 90 minutes, oh bang goodness. on, and the referee blew up for full time. No, nothing being added on. Yeah. And everybody got off the pitch and, and tried to make their way home safely. Yeah. Uh, it was such a strange occasion over kind of, you know, took over the fact that I say Bruno Jordao had a great game. Luke mm. Kundal played pretty well in that match. Kiana Hoover played 45 minutes as mm. he kind of tries to get some game time. Uh, Christian Marquez was back from loan. He hadn't played oh, for a amazing. couple of months. So, you know, he looked a bit rusty and James Collins admitted that to him. He said he looked like a player who hadn't played for three months. Mm. Um, be interesting whether he goes out on loan again or whether they now keep him around and mm -hmm. try and get him back into the kind of shape and form that he was at the start of the season, which looked like, you know, he might be a potential to push for a first-team place himself. So we've got some great strength in depth in terms of defenders. Um, you know, it was a really strong team. Austin Samuels was back from loan as well. Um, he probably will head out again, you would imagine. Mm -hmm. And James Collins said to us afterwards, Jem, that... You know, it was a bit of an anomaly because the under-18s had such a lengthy FA Youth Cup tie yeah. on Saturday. You know, credit to them, by the way. They got themselves through to the next stage. Amazing. But, it, but they needed extra time, didn't they? So a lot of that young group were kind of given a rest. 
And so senior players who probably wouldn't normally play were given an opportunity to play, to put themselves in the shop window. They weren't great first half. They got the draw. They could have gone on to win it. If the fog wasn't there, they might have won it. But if you can't see who you're passing to, what chance have you got, basically? <laughs> yeah, I think the fog stole the show a little bit um, in that match. Absolutely phenomenal. And I think you did an incredible job, Mikey, to still be able to commentate on, on anything you could. That must have been well, one of your all hardest you can days hear, of work. <laughs> all you can hear on the clips that we put out on social media is everyone laughing at me in the background. Because <laughs> a lot of the supporters who were there were turning to us to try and work out what had happened because yeah. they couldn't see either and I had the benefit of a little camera you know the camera and the screen to to try and see a little bit clearer but the referee gave a free kick at one point and I couldn't tell you who who fouled or who was who was oh, fouled God. it was in 15 years of commentating it was the most <laughs> remarkable thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> Well, hopefully it doesn't happen again anytime soon. <laughs> but that's all for this week. Thank you very much, Mikey, for joining me as always. If anyone has any questions you'd like to ask us about anything in particular, then please do tweet us at Jim Frith and at Mikey Burrows and we'll try and get those answered for you. But otherwise, we will see you at the Brentford Community Stadium on Saturday afternoon.